This week on the Mic Drop, it's time for the newest major sports event on the local calendar, the ATP Tours Dallas Open at SMU. Tennis star and Dallas resident John Isner joins us to preview the action. Brad Townsend of the Dallas Morning News offers his insight on what the Mavericks might do at the upcoming NBA trade deadline. He also previews a story he's written about a pair of North Texas figure skaters who will be competing in the Beijing Winter Olympics. He also suggests a very compelling true crime podcast. But first, we hear from Dallas-based Icon Meal CEO Todd Abrams about embracing a healthy lifestyle and how better beats perfect. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everybody. Kevin Sullivan here, joined by Monica Paul, the Executive Director of the Dallas Sports Commission, along with Next Level Marcus Carr. Thanks for being part of our growing audience here at the Mic Drop and subscribing. Monica, it's episode number 48. With apologies to Rangers pitcher Colby Lewis, who actually has a victory in a World Series start, which is not something many people on planet Earth can say, uh, while wearing number 48 in a Rangers uniform. We're going to go with Daryl Johnston, Daryl Moose Johnston. Monica, you know who gave Daryl Johnston the Moose nickname? I, our friend Babe. Babe Laufenberg gets credit for that, friend of the pod. Uh, this, was, uh, this is a really important one in Dallas-Fort Worth sports annals. Uh, second round pick of the Cowboys in 1989, Daryl Johnston out of Syracuse. Of course, played on the three 1990s Super Bowl championship teams. Interestingly, I didn't know this. He actually caught more passes out of the backfield than he had carries on those great teams because, of course, his role was to block for Emmitt Smith. And in Smith's Pro Football Hall of Fame acceptance speech, there was a very emotional moment where Emmitt Smith spoke directly to Daryl Moose Johnston saying, without you, I know that today would not have been possible. And one other tidbit about Daryl Johnston that has earned him this mic drop acclaim for episode 48 is it was his success at the fullback position that compelled the NFL to add the fullback position to the pro bowl, which he made twice before retiring after 11 seasons in 1999. Of course, like a lot of ex Cowboys uh, stayed in the area and went on to a great uh, career in, in sports casting and broadcasting with, with uh, most notably with Fox sports. So episode 48, number 48, we're thinking about Daryl Johnson tipping our cap. Monica, the Olympics are starting. I know you're a big fan. Are you as big a fan of the Winter Games as you are the, the Summer Olympics? Oh, Sully, anything red, white, and blue. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Olympics. I watch it, uh, you know, every two years. I'm probably a, a bigger fan of uh, the Summer Games, mainly because, well, we live here in Texas, although we're getting prepared for some uh, winter-like weather here. Um, but I still, watch the, I still watch the Winter Olympics as well. So I know still under some... Uh, challenging conditions due to covid and everything but still looking forward to getting that opening ceremonies up and, and going and the competition started yeah and just one editorial comment there monica i want anyone who's listening who represents the a national governing body of a major sports event to disregard what monica just said the weather in dallas is always great no. always great no. sunny no, and no, 75 no. at all at all times you know we we here in dallas fort worth well, I have to I have to 
to say something here. You know, um, after our, our, you know, uh, uh, weather during NBA All-Star Game and in 2010 and then the Super Bowl in 2011, I really don't bring up weather to my clients and rights holders that we're trying to lure to town. Yes, we just assume that we always have fantastic weather. Uh, so we that's that's not a selling point necessarily for us anymore after those episodes. But uh, um, yeah, usually people put me in charge of the weather on the bids and, and execution of the event. So I, that, that weighs heavy on my shoulders. Well, I know one thing, and by the way, you know, you mentioned every every two years, which is normally the deal with the Olympics. This is a strange one because of the of the delay of the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. We've got six months, you know, removed from Tokyo when we're starting a winter game. So uh, I'll be watching too. Go Team USA! And it's all, always great storytelling from NBC and our friend of the, our friend Molly Solomon, a former uh, Mike Drop guest, calling the shots this time from Stanford. Not going over to Beijing because of all the COVID issues, but but we're pulling for Team USA and our friends at NBC Sports. I know with the weather coming, Monica, one thing that would cheer you up would be to point out that your beloved Longhorns are back in the men's basketball top 25 coming in at 23. But what I noticed, too, is there are four Texas schools. No other state can make that claim in the top 25. Of course, long ago, we straight straightened out the record that this is not just a football state or a football town. Uh, as evidenced by Baylor being the defending men's champs. And of course, on the women's side, Baylor is nine and your Longhorns are 13. So lots, lots of good news on the, uh, on the college basketball front. Yeah, it's still, it's still very hard for me to transition a little bit or realize that, okay, college football is over for the year. We've got to wait all these months, uh, but definitely getting into, to, to watching some basketball, uh, actually, you know, uh, my Longhorns are doing well, a little, uh, uh, I won't say controversial, but a little bit more excitement here with the Texas Tech and Texas game uh, earlier this week. Uh, it obviously, it didn't fall well for my horns, but uh, excited to kind of see where that's going. And, you know, we're big fans of college basketball uh, here at the Sports Commission, both on the women's and men's side. We're hosting the NCAA Women's Final Four uh, 2023. And uh, actually, earlier this week, we uh, had our first sit-down session, uh, virtual session, um, with the NCAA men's basketball staff to discuss future bids for 2028 to 2031. So um, definitely tuning in to basketball. A lot of things happening here uh, at the Sports Commission. We just transitioned and moved our offices over to Fair Park. We're very, very excited about the upcoming ATP Dallas Open uh, over at SMU. So we'll be attending that uh, this week uh, or or this coming week. uh, WWE WrestleMania should be uh, have some ticket sales going on for some of the ancillary events, some new announcements in terms of the community initiatives that they're going to be uh, doing uh, leading up uh, well, here over the next two months leading up to WrestleMania week. Um, City of Dallas uh, actually uh, this week is being briefed and considered uh, renovating and expanding uh, the Kovitches Center downtown. Uh, so that's uh, that would be a great thing for us from a sports standpoint, too, because I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, while we have great stadiums and arenas and uh, pitches and, and soccer facilities and, uh, you know, uh, other practice facilities out there in universities, that uh, our Kovitches Center is uh, a great home uh, as well to a lot of our sporting events. So a lot of things moving here as we uh, kick into February. As always, and we're going to kick into, 
Icon Meal CEO, Todd Abrams, and learn all about his business. But first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rach. And now we welcome to the mic drop Todd Abrams, the CEO of Icon Meals, a Dallas-based company that cooks, packages, and ships healthy meals to its customers. Icon is the official meal delivery partner of UFC. He's also involved with USA Triathlon, USA Bobsled and Skeleton, Rugby ATL. Now, Todd, we got a bone to pick with you there because we're all in on the Dallas Jackals in Major League Rugby as that season gets going. Look forward to hearing more about that. Uh, Todd also lives the fitness life uh, on a daily basis. We're going to be inspired hearing from Todd in a minute. And he competes on the Pro Men's Physique uh, Tour. So uh, that's not something that, that I'm going to be doing anytime soon. But we welcome Todd to the mic drop. Thanks for some time today. Awesome. I appreciate the intro, Kevin. It's great to be here. Now, Sully, before I get to Todd, I think uh, after hearing about this Icon Meals, based on both your and I physiques, um, <laughs> we, we may need to engage in some of these Icon Meals here in the future. But Todd, we're very, very excited to have you with us here. Um, tell us a little bit more about Icon Meals and how the service works. What is it? Sure. We're, uh, um, as Kevin mentioned, we're a ready-to-eat uh, prepared meal service. I started the company based on being able to have individuals customize their own meals. So rather than just going and picking up something that's already pre-made, you can go on based if you had a dietary requirement or different nutritional needs, et cetera. And you can actually build your meal. So you can pick up protein, your carbs, your veggies, and actually have the meal put together specifically for you. Um, and then we also have a signature meal um, offering, which is the menu of 30 different meals on a weekly basis that are chef prepared by our team that um, have all the ingredients, macros, but they'll maybe be different um, chef recipes. I don't know, homemade lasagna, I don't know, Tex-Mex quesadillas, et cetera. So um, again, balanced, healthy, nutritious, uh, great tasting meals, um, ready to eat and really bit that element of helping out on the element of convenience. Well, I think you may have uh, sold me on Tex-Mex quesadillas uh, quite e easily. Anything uh, Tex-Mex and Mexican food, uh, I'm I'm in. Um, you know, I've participated in a few meal programs uh, over the years and, and ones that they send you the ingredients and you can cook and, and that sort of thing yourselves. Uh, obviously, it sounds like you have a wide open menu, a great selection. I like the opportunity to, you know, kind of fix or determine what's in each one of the meals you you order is that kind of your big difference from your other main competition yeah, i think one of the big differences is with as you mentioned meal kits a lot of people include myself like to cook but that element of that 15 to 30 to 45 minutes is still an element of time right we all have busy lifestyles so being able to have that same chef prepared five-star meal served to you on i don't know maybe busy mom picking up her kids after work from soccer she can feed the whole soccer team within one to three minutes on paper plates or she could have that same chef prepared five-star meal in bone china with a glass of wine with her husband. Um, I don't know, within, again, that three minutes. So that is a big differentiator. Um, also, the, as I mentioned for the start, the custom meals, a lot of other uh, companies out there have a, a pre-prepared offering, but don't allow you to do customization. Um, you get into the logistics of the business, it's a lot harder, more manual process to it. 
that's also one of the differentiators. I think this the the other big thing is really how we have a we'll call it functional food offering or snacks, so high protein snacks along with our meals, okay. which is a sort of combination that allows uh, I don't know moms to add different things to their kids' meals, etc. And then it goes into our packaging and stuff is a little bit different with longer shelf life. Awesome. Uh well, you know, as we mentioned in our open, uh, the Winter Olympics uh, starting, you've got a big partnership with USA Bobsled and Skeleton. I'm happy, I'm happy to be a board member with USA Triathlon. So your partnership with USA Triathlon and how you work with them is especially uh, important to me. But what do you look for in partnerships and what does that USA Bobsled Skeleton or Triathlon partnership, you know, look like for, for some of those athletes or sure. their members? Yeah, for the USA Bobsled, we've been working with them for a couple of years. And what we did was at their combine, so in Lake Placid in Utah, especially over the COVID the last year, we would uh, work with them on a feeding program for their athletes. So as they had their new people trying out, and it was sort of limited because of COVID, but uh, being able to have meals there prepared, uh, they didn't have to rely on remote food coming in. But again, working with their nutritionist to customize programs that met their requirements. So it's not one size sort of fits all being able to provide based on also dietary requirements, but also have that food to them within a day, um, fresh overnight, um, which met their needs to have food on site. Uh, with USA Triathlon, again, food to them is at their sort of highest level, right? To perform at that optimal level, um, be the best of the best, you have to have that, that quality um, food. It's not just the training that they do, it has to be balanced. So again, for us, it's a, a great partnership being able to provide a, an asset or a, a product that they find value in and it's not like we, we don't work with partners that just are looking for a, a product or specific something that has to add value and has to be that sort of um, good match for us but again um, love both those um, partnerships that we do have based on being able to provide that additional value and learn more and engage with uh, all their their levels of nutritionists dietitians um, and uh, see them sort of step up their progress based on their their feeding needs we all know that entrepreneurship is in the very DNA of, of Dallas. What's the origin story of, of uh, Icon Meals? What was your approach to get started? Yeah, so I've had three other startups, um, all based in Dallas after coming down here from Canada. Um, love Dallas. And uh, they were all in the technology space. So I won't get into those. But when I started in the food service, people were like, what are you doing? You've had software application development. You've had programming different things, right? Um, last one you had for 14 years, what the heck food? And food to me is more a passion project. I grew up being the fat kid, I'll call it. They used to call me lumpy. And so for many years, not really understanding um, that correlation between, hey, how do you get in good shape? And it's really, I look at food as being that tool or that resource. If you understand what it can do, it can really change people's lives. It can help a lot of different people. And I had some other friends that had a meal prep company, didn't like what they were doing based on the preservatives and different things they were putting in the meals and wanted to start an offering because I was picky that allowed us to um, individualize those meals to meet those specific requirements as I was talking about at the start. And that's how we started. We started just over six years ago um, up in a smaller kitchen in Frisco and grew into uh, the current facility we're in um, just by the gallery in, in Dallas and um, looking at it called version 2.0 right now. Just uh, Dallas is great though for logistics and shipping as well, just based on a centralized point to cover both coasts. Um, and again, great uh, work environment. Um, so, yeah, I love Dallas. We, we, you know, we hear all the time from guests on the mic drop what a home field advantage Dallas is because of the location, the airport, but also the the bold thinking that we have here. Is that would you say Dallas? And you're one of those companies that people may not realize are based here. You know, Panini Trading Cards and Heritage Auctions. 
there's so many big companies involved in sports that are based here. Obviously, the big ones uh, that we know about. But has Dallas been a kind of a home field advantage for Icon Meals? Yeah, I think it's great. I think just based on, uh, especially during COVID, right, all, with it, all the different, let's, we won't get into it, but restrictions and stuff in different places in different cities. I think Dallas has been great. Um, during the pandemic, we've been able to grow and add uh, additional people. So there was that, that talent pool, both not just culinary, but from a technology standpoint. And that's one reason why I started the other companies based here. So I think it has been a home-based um, advantage. And from a shipping logistics standpoint, as we grow, again, you mentioned that airport, um, putting in different last mile delivery uh, rates and stuff. So yeah, I'd say definitely that has been. And uh, as you said, very forward thinking um, entrepreneurs, right? They're cutting edge, pushing those envelopes. And I, again, a lot of networking in different um, groups that we've been involved with here, I think have allowed us to, to continue growth. All right, so it's early February. I know that there's some uh, mic droppers out there whose New Year's resolutions are leaking oil a little bit. Uh, you're a busy guy and you, li you live the fitness lifestyle every day. Uh, help us get back on track if we've lost our way a little bit here in, in early February and, and to try to live that healthier, more fit life. Yeah, I think it goes back to just making a decision to start, right? A lot of people say, hey, it's not the right time or I'll start and I'll eat healthy when this happens or that happens. And they say, look, they say it has to be that perfect time. And I say, there's no such thing as perfect. I have a phrase that I use. I say better is perfect, right? And if you just start being better in every area of your life and live to that sort of um, prioritize the different pieces that you have to do. Um, you will get better because it's never going to be the perfect circumstance, right? Or you're, you've had a bad day and you're going to go, I don't know, stop on the way home. But if you're prepared along the way, it's a lot easier for that. And then the other thing I say is like, I just, I don't know, I, I tell people I live an excuseless life. You can have excuses, but you can't have both, right? So again, it's, you have to be that hardest boss on yourself and really put those pieces in place, but just get started. And it's not, you're not going to get instant overnight um, results, but if you put one foot in forward in front of another and then consistently, consistently, consistently work on that, I think those little wins add up. And a lot of people don't look at those little wins. They just look at, hey, what's down the road? And when they haven't seen those changes down the road in their diet or training in the next couple of days or next couple of weeks, they, they sort of sometimes take the foot off the pedal. And I think that's the biggest thing. Just get started and just continue pushing forward and see those little wins and celebrate those little wins, but then keep at it. Todd Sully, I'm I'm pretty sure what he just said was speaking directly to me, and it it seems like I need to have a one-on-one -on -one session uh, with Todd. So uh, note taken, because I've used all of those excuses, Todd, and many many times before. So if someone wants to, you know, wants to know more information about Icon Meals or wants to sign up, what's that process like? Is there do you have like separate nutritionists that they can talk to? Maybe they don't know what type of meals they have or, uh, you know, how does the process work to get someone signed up? So, yeah, so they can go to iconmeals.com. Um, if they want to follow us on social, it's at iconmeals, all our social. So if they um, want to get involved there, there's a lot of information. We work with a lot of our affiliates and athletes. Uh, they can call um, directly into Icon Meals, 844-879-4266. And um, <laughs> try anything they want there to speak to someone. We're more than um, willing to help try to provide as much value and information as we can. And we, again, just want um, to help people find that process, right? And a lot of people do come to us and say, hey, I know I need to eat healthy, but I don't know what I need to do. So we try to simplify the process. We have a lot of simplified offerings. So if someone wants to test, they could try the chef box, which is uh, an offering prepared by us, or they can do the lean box if they know that, hey, they want to lose some weight or bulk box. So there's different things or keto um, again, but we're happy to um, add as much value as we can. We don't lock anyone into subscriptions. So they're not 
signing up for something that they, they can't get out of. I think that's one of the other big differences, Kevin and Monica, is um, I've just never felt the need to do that. One of my biggest frustrations is not being able to get out of a subscription from other competitors or other people, right? And again, I, I think it's up to us as long as we do our job and provide that value that that individual or family stays with us, right? So again, we want to add that value in. But yeah, there's more than um, one way to um, get information from us, but you can call our, our customer service is more than happy to help. Email info at Icon Meals or any of our social have quite a bit of uh, different value added pieces to get you started. Well, Todd, very excited to hear about Icon Meals. And uh, I hope our Dallas listeners are, are listening and taking this in and uh, maybe revamping some of their uh, New Year's resolutions and uh, trying to get fit and healthy. And I think this is a great option and a great way to support something right here in the Dallas area. That's one of our, our goals and missions here at the Mic Drop is to integrate, uh, you know, some of our local businesses and, and entrepreneurs that uh, touch our sports industry here uh, within the Dallas area into and open them up to our, our listeners. So, Todd, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, wish you the best of luck, and we'll definitely be doing some more research on Icon Meals. Thank you very much, Monica. Thanks, Kevin. All right, and now over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. Did you know the Dallas Zoo provides guests with real-life opportunities to make memorable connections with more than 2,000 animals? Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com to purchase your tickets today. This is Rachel, and now we are pleased to be joined by tennis star and Dallas native John Isner. He's won 16 times on the ATP Tour with another six titles in doubles since he turned pro back in 2007, currently ranked number 28 in the world. Last year was the 12th consecutive year that John ranked in the world top 25. Pretty impressive. Uh, best rank was eighth. Uh, has represented the U.S. in Davis Cup play 10 times. Uh, and he is the host of the inaugural Dallas Open set for next week, February 6th through 13th at the Steislinger Alltech Tennis Center in SMU. Ticket sales have, have been strong. Four SMU wildcards now in the field. Uh, get to DallasOpen.com before it's too late. We're going to hear all about it from, from John Isner. John, welcome to the mic drop. Uh, great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. So before we get to the Dallas Open, uh, uh, Rafael Nadal hit that 21 Grand Slam victories uh, in the Australian Open uh, recently. One ahead now, of course, of Federer and Djokovic. Does that make him the best ever? Where do you see Rafael Nadal's place in the in the tennis, uh, in the pantheon of tennis greats? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's that that's a debate that you're really um, never going to be able to win, I guess. I mean, Novak did, wasn't really there to um, try to uh, defend his title. Uh, I think you're you're splitting hairs. If you you know if you have an opinion that you think one is better than the other, you're definitely not wrong. But um, it's just uh, amazing that we've been able to witness uh, all three of these guys do this, do what they're doing, uh, you know, the last 15 years or so. Um, it's quite remarkable. So you're six foot 10. Growing up in Greensboro, mm -hmm. you played basketball before you focused full time on tennis. You're friends with Dirk Nowitzki. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, he's a big tennis fan. You've, you hit balls with him at the Dallas Open press event a while back. But first, what, what was your hoops game like? Well, I actually was, I was pretty good. I mean, I was playing a lot of tennis and a lot of basketball. Uh, those, those are my two 
loves really growing up. And, you know, at a certain point, it became very difficult to keep both of them up because I was having success in, in both sports, you know, playing national tennis tournaments and uh, playing travel ball with, you know, my, my AAU team and stuff like that. So um, it just became really difficult to, to do both of them. And something told me to, uh, to, to stick with tennis. I knew that no matter what, I mean, my goal in high school was to get a college scholarship and I knew I was going to be able to do that if I just, you know, kept, kept focused and I was able to accomplish that. And, you know, from, you know, in college, that's where I really uh, grew as a player and, and a person. And, and that's what uh, equipped me well to do, um, to do good things on, on the pro tour. We had Brad Gilbert from ESPN on recently, and he talked about all the tall 6'10". We've got a seven-footer that'll be competing uh, alongside you at the Dallas Open. Were you sort of a trendsetter? We've always seen 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, guys. Now there's guys like you, 6'10", and taller. Is, is, is that an advantage, yeah. I guess, as long as you can move? Uh, how does that come into yeah. play? Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm a trendsetter, but, I, I mean, tennis definitely is a sport for – uh, for all sizes. I mean, you see players be very successful at five foot six and the other end of the spectrum uh, is myself who's had um, a lot of good success uh, throughout my career. It certainly is an advantage um, in a lot of areas of the game, but it's a disadvantage in, in other areas as well. I mean, some, a lot of people seem to think that, you know, cause you're so tall, you should just be able to dominate out there. And that's, that's not the case. I mean, the game nowadays is very much so predicated on on movement and being quick around the court, which obviously for myself and the, the aforementioned player, uh, Riley Opelka, who's going to be playing here, uh, you know, we both move well for our size, but we're never going to move as well as someone who's, you know, five foot 10, five foot 11. That, that's just that's just the nature of it. But we are going to have a, a very good serve. Um, so, you know, there's some things that that. Uh, our height uh, definitely uh, helps us with out there. We're excited about the ATP tour being back in Dallas for the first time since 1989. Uh, the list of committed players is impressive. Get, break it down for us. What can people expect in the uh, Dallas open this year? Well, it's going to be incredibly tough field. Uh, we know that much. Uh, I'm excited for all these players to get to Dallas and be able to uh, experience the, this amazing city. I think the, Tournaments in the perfect location, um, you know, right over here by by SMU. The, you know, the tennis fans in this area are so passionate, and they've proven that with with ticket sales. Um, you know, tickets went on sale, you know, months ago, and they they, you know, they were snapped up very very quickly. So, you know, you can expect if you come out as a fan, especially uh, during each night session, you're gonna be you're gonna see a, a full house out there. Um, the players are gonna appreciate that. The venue is. You know, it's pretty small. It's like 2,500, 2,700 seats there, but it's going to be packed to the gills and it's going to make for a very, uh, very unique atmosphere. John, I couldn't agree with you more. I know when we announced the ATP D Dallas Open that uh, uh, people were coming out of the woodwork with the excitement. So really excited to, mm -hmm. to see that take shape next week and uh, looking forward to that packed house. Um, we talk a lot here on the mic drop about uh, athletes who make Dallas their home or how they became residents here within Dallas. Tell us uh, your story. Well, yeah. So my, my lovely wife is, is from Dallas and we uh, dated for a long time and we dated long distance for 
six years, which is, um, you know, <laughs> it's just quite simply a very long time. She was uh, living in Dallas and then living in New York a little bit and then living in Austin a little bit. And I was in uh, Tampa, Florida. That's where I, I went to to live and train after I left school at the University of Georgia. Um, and we dated long distance forever. We got engaged and then it became time that, look, as an engaged and soon to be married couple, we're not going to be living apart. And my time in, in Tampa, Florida kind of served its purpose. I, it was amazing for me in my professional career, but it was time for us to, you know, move on and for me to get out of Florida. And I really did want to move to Dallas. I'd spent some time here, of course, visiting her. And I just loved this area. I love the people in this area. And I've been here for four years now. And this is where we are raising our family. I uh, couldn't have, couldn't have you know, had it gone any other way. It's been truly amazing. And um, I love being a Dallas resident. This certainly does feel like home now. Well, we love that you're here and you've set up your Isner Family Foundation here. You're known for your mm -hmm. community work and giving back here in Dallas and you're partnering with the Dallas Open. What's the main focus of your foundation? Well, yeah, so our foundation, we are partnered with uh, Children's Hospital here in Dallas. I think that's a good thing. It gives the foundation some very uh, solid direction, and we are endowing a fund there to help families um, that have children that, that are getting, you know, receiving pediatric care at Children's, uh, families that need assistance uh, with medical bills or lodging or whatever it may be. Um, in the unfortunate circumstance that you have a kid that's there and you that needs treatment, we want to be able to offset as many costs as, as we possibly can uh, for these families. You know, having, having three young children of our own here, you know, three healthy, happy uh, young children, we realize how lucky we are. Um, and we also realize that there are some families out there that aren't as lucky as we are. So we just try to give back as, as much as we can. And, and that, that's the purpose of the foundation. And really, this is something that I, I think when I'm done with tennis, because I'm at the definitely at the later stages of my career right now that I'm going to be able to really focus on and uh, be able to give back in a very, very meaningful way. Well, and incorporating into your foundation, I believe you've got a charity event uh, Friday mm -hmm. night, uh, which I plan on uh, attending as well. Cool. Is, is this uh, open to the public and uh, give us some details on what to expect from that charity event? Yeah, it, it sure is. So I'm going to have myself and some friends of mine go out and play tennis for a couple hours at the SMU Tennis Center. The stadium's going to, you know, be be done by then. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be quick pace. It's going to be pretty light. I mean, it'll be competitive, but not as competitive as, as the real tournament uh, a few days after. Uh, but, you know, we've already sold a good amount of tickets, uh, 1,300. We're trying to get to 1,500. We're close to there. And you can get tickets if you'd like and love to support it at um, johnisner.com. Right there, front and center, there's a way to donate and get tickets and come out and support. So we're looking forward to that in, in two nights' time. You know, we have some weather coming around here in Dallas soon, so we hope that doesn't um, present any issues, I guess, for fans, fans getting there. But the support has been amazing. Uh, the tickets have, have been great, and we've already raised a lot of money. We just hope that the weather cooperates somewhat that everyone can get out there and, and, and enjoy it. So well, John, John I for... have a favor to ask. I, mm -hmm. I need one favor from John Sully. Um, you know, I think you're going to be participating in the court christening on, on Friday as yeah. well. And I'll, I'll be there. And all I need to know is that if uh, I'm on the other side of the court from you, 
Uh, you don't smoke me too hard over there, okay? That's my You got it. You got it. I'll put request. one right here. Okay. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, and John, thanks for all that you do in the in the community. We see this a lot where athletes uh, move here or stay here, and and just gives back so much, and it means a lot to the to the fans. Before we let you go, we have to ask a question about your win in the longest tennis match ever played. You're probably sick of being asked about it. But it was a first-round match back at Wimbledon in, in 2010. You prevailed over Frenchman Nicolas Mahout in 11 hours and five minutes over three days. Uh, I, I'm just—it's—it's it's almost impossible to even comprehend it. There's some great stuff on YouTube about it. Our listeners can can uh, can go check out. But what do you? I mean, I, what do you remember most? Or how, when you think about it, all these years later, what what comes to mind? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem like it was, what is it now, 12 years ago. It, it seems yeah. a lot uh, closer in my memory than, than 12 years ago. So there's a lot of things I, a lot of things I don't remember about that match, but simply because it was so long. But of course, the, there were some indelible moments and images from that match that I will uh, never, ever uh, forget. It was certainly uh, something unique that our, our sport has, has never seen before. Um, and to be quite honest with you, it was a nightmare to play in. And at, at a certain point, it just wasn't that much fun uh, to play in at all. But I was able to win. But it was, um, you know, it was just two players going out there really in a first round match to um, not not really uh, giving an inch out there and uh, giving it our all. Um, it just happened to go on forever and forever and forever. But eventually it ended, of course, and it was definitely a cool match to be a part of. Well, thankfully you won. So the memories uh, are, are at least happy ones. You can remember the happy part of winning and forget some of the some of the uh, painful parts in the middle. Well, thanks so much for uh, for joining us uh, today, John, and for hosting the the uh, Dallas Open. Everybody, go to DallasOpen.com. There are still a, just a few tickets left, and there's other ways uh, you can you can get involved. So DallasOpen.com for tickets and information, and JohnIsner.com for information on the event tonight, the fundraiser that John is hosting uh, uh, tonight. So thanks again, uh, John, for joining us. And now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. The Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse STEM workforce of tomorrow right here in Dallas. Become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark. Visit perotmuseum.org for more information. Thanks, Rachel. And now it's a blast to welcome back to the mic drop our friend of many, many years, Dallas Morning News beat writer Brad Townsend. Brad, thanks for uh, popping back on the mic drop. You were here for our May 28th episode, which at that at the time we spoke, the Mavericks were up 2-0 on the Clippers in the playoffs. <laughs> you predicted, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you predicted a Mavericks sweep. I don't know if it was the if it was the Townsend jinx, but uh, I went back and double checked the records, and the Mavericks actually did not win that playoff series. Yeah. So we're going to leave that we'll leave that behind. But I know there's been some injury issues and a big bout with COVID. But as best you can, evaluate the season for us uh, so far. Well, it's it's been a roller coaster. It's uh, you know the season started out and it looked like the Mavericks uh, weren't really uh, the defensive principles that Jason Kidd and the mindset that he was trying to bring in didn't seem like those were taking very well. Uh, Mavericks are really struggling on both ends. Really, it, it was almost like uh, 
they were just a middling team uh, offensively and defensively. But really in the last, uh, I would say, month and a half since early December, they've been a top three to top five uh, defensive team in the, in, uh, in the NBA, which is hard to do, uh, as you know, going from being a predominantly offensive team to being uh, a defensive team. So uh, that's the thing that you would think that gives the Mavs uh, and their fans the most hope uh, as the season progresses. But of course now... Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, is out probably for the season. Maybe he can come back uh, maybe the last couple of weeks in playoffs. That's going to be a big uh, question mark. And then the, the trade deadline is coming up on February 10th. So a lot of things are up in the air. But I would say, the, uh, you know, to answer your question, the arrow is pointed up, whereas two months ago it was kind of sideways or maybe even pointed down. So, Brad, you mentioned that trade deadline on the on the 10th. You anticipate the Mavs will be active there? They're going to be active. They're in a really tough place, and some of it has to do with the Hardaway injury. I mean, he's one of the guys that you would have thought that they could potentially attach his contract uh, to make a bigger deal. Uh, th there's no doubt they're going to be active. They need to be active. Uh, the loss of Hardaway, to me, signals that their, their biggest need, if they could make an addition, would be offense. Uh, some, a lot of fans disagree. They're not, they're not big Dwight Powell fans. They want the Mavericks to go out and get another big man. But I think that, that when you take out the Hardaway, uh, Hardaway scoring, that's going to be tough to make up, even though Reggie Bullock is certainly capable of doing that on given nights. Uh, but here's that when I say they're in a hard place, I'll just I'll try to briefly explain they're, they're two most tradable players, the two players that most teams uh, would covet outside of Luca, of course, are Dorian Finney Smith and, and Jalen Brunson. And both of those guys are on the last deal of really uh, bargain contracts. Uh, and in order to make a trade in the NBA, you've got to match in most cases salary for salary. So it'd be almost impossible for the Mavericks to get back a fair market in return for trading one of those guys. And then the other thing is, in, in my opinion, if you trade either one of those guys just by themselves, I think you're, what you're really uh, doing is potentially taking two steps, two steps back just to try to take three steps forward. It, it would be a risky move. No, the, uh, and, and of course, we don't want to see Brunson and Finney Smith go and they're free agents at the end of the season. Uh, so hopefully they they end up being retained. You know, the Goran Dragic thing is out there, fellow countrymen of Luka, yep. going to be bought out by the Raptors. Is there interest in adding Dragic or has Brunson's emergence kind of made the need for another playmaker, uh, you know, less important? That's a good point. Uh, I, I think Dragic could help fill that need that I was talking about in terms of Hardaway. Uh, uh, you know, he, he's proven capable of, of playing the point and off guard, as has Brunson. So I think the more firepower you can add, whether it's a creative type or, you know, shooting, uh, they need more offense. And I do think Dragic could bring that, but, but I, you know, I know fans get excited about that possibility. I think if he bought, if he gets bought out, his top two choices would be going back to Miami or, or coming here to play with Luca. Uh, but the thing is he's barely played this year and he's 35, 36 years old. We saw last year, you know, the Mavericks uh, made a deal where, you know, they ended up, you know, 
bringing in a player who wound up not even playing at all. So that's, that's the risk that you're potentially running into, you know, I don't, I don't know that uh, Dragic just hobbled right now, but he's, he's not playing. So he would certainly be coming in pretty cold. All right, Brad. Well, we'll keep an eye on all of that. Now, as, as you know, this is the portion of the podcast where we ask our media guests to give us a download recommendation. What are you streaming? What are you watching, listening to reading? Uh, what do you got for us this time? Well, I'm probably late to this party, but uh, I was recently <laughs> told about a, a podcast of, of, uh, that centers around Skip Hollinsworth's uh, work, uh, probably the greatest writer uh, of our generation in Texas, at least in my humble opinion, uh, Tom Brown's uh, Body. It's about a, it's a podcast about uh, uh, a missing body in the Texas panhandle and all the uh, mystery and intrigue uh that surround that still surrounds that case to this day so uh i just started it it's uh, riveting it'll be like uh it'd be like binge watching uh a tv show except that you're listening to a podcast i, I can see monica's eyes are lighting up she is a true crime buff i'm in uh skip hollinsworth and i actually share the same birthday so i've always Whoa. been a fan of his work, uh, you know, a little bit because of that, too. He's a really, I haven't seen him in a long time, but a good guy and really talented, as you said. So Tom Brown's body, that sounds like a good one. What, what do you think, Monica? I'll be going on the download list uh, for my way home today, for sure. <laughs> I, I needed a new podcast on the true crime. So thank you, Brad, for, for that. Um, no well, selling my, my downloads this week. Um, are The Afterlife, uh, which is a British black comedy drama that's been on Netflix for a while, but they just came out with uh, season three, uh, the final season. And then I started watching The Cleaning Lady, which is uh, new. Uh, so only on episode four there, but so far so good. All right, Marcus, what do you have for us this week? Monica, I'm right there with you on The Cleaning Lady. I, I was super intrigued on the first episode. They drew me in. I just got to circle back around and and get to it but my my binge watch right now is instant hotel um it's based in australia they go around and raid each other's airbnbs where they turn their homes into an instant hotel um 10 out of 10 i'm super intrigued by it and uh i don't know why but it, it is a good uh easy watch yeah mine this week is is another one in the true crime uh world although it's a parody it's a netflix show that came out uh, in the last week or so starring Kristen Bell. It's called The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Eight episodes, 30 minutes. You can really bang through it if you're somebody who likes to knock them out. Very funny, lots of twists and turns and, and extremely uh, well done. But really my main uh, focus of viewing the, in the next 17 days is gonna be the Olympics. You know, Starting uh, uh, tonight with the opening ceremony on NBC. We've got a 13-hour time difference from the east coast of the U.S., I believe, to Beijing. But don't let that fool you because there will be quite a bit of figure skating live in prime time on NBC because they'll be doing it uh, in the morning there. So uh, lo really looking forward to it. I think there'll be some interesting subplots in the Olympics, including Sean White at age 35 taking on the teenagers uh, uh, and, and the half pipe and, and those events. So uh, go Team USA. Brad, do you have uh, – you know, it's a little weird, the Olympics – Winter Olympics coming six months after the, the Tokyo Summer Games. Are you you thinking Olympics at all right now? You're going to 
you're going to watch as much as you can in between uh, Mavericks uh, trades and uh, and games? Well, I pro- uh, promise you, I promise your listeners, we didn't talk in advance, but you basically just kind of threw me up a softball to pitch a, a story that I just finished. It's supposed to run in the next couple of days about a ice skating pair from uh, from North Texas. So uh, they won the uh, U.S. championships. Uh, yeah, they'll be fighting pretty hard to get a medal against the Russians and the and the Chinese, but uh, they're a pair to watch and. Uh, I believe that story is going to go online tomorrow. So, what are their what are their names, and wh- where exactly are they from? You would ask me that. I've been like engrossed in other stuff. Uh, hang on, just a second. Uh, well, that's okay. We can we can find it at DallasNews.com. While yeah. while you're looking, that reminds me another one, and I know Monica will be interested in this too. And Marcus, uh, there's a documentary on Peacock called meddling i believe it is about the 2002 figure skating scandal when the russian judges uh there was some controversy it may not have only been russian judges uh but i'm going to watch that this week too uh, to get in the spirit of uh olympic figure skating again with a little bit of a true crime twist to it ashley kane gribble and and timothy leduc all right so we're gonna we're gonna look for them uh Actually grew up in North Texas, and uh, Timothy's a transplant uh, here from the last six years. They trained together in Euless. Not exactly known as a uh, winter sports hotbed, but uh, good stuff coming out of Euless. Always good stuff coming out of Euless, including the news uh, recently that Aaron Lineweaver was named the head coach of Euless <laughs> Trinity, uh, the son of, of uh, the Hall of Fame coach Lineweaver, who won three state championships there. And uh, a guy that I have uh, met over the years and is a really good guy, was an assistant for a long time at South Lake Carroll. So shout out to Aaron Lineweaver, speaking of uh, Euless and Euless Trinity. Well, Brad, thanks so much for joining us. Great recommendations, great insight on the, on the Mavericks. Let's see what happens at the, at the trade deadline. I really appreciate you coming back on for your second visit. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and, and on behalf of Monica Paul and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to our guests, Todd Abrams, John Isner, and of course, Brad Townsend, the finest beat writer in the NBA. Thanks to the Mike Drop production team, Danielle Whitelaw-Piscura, Angela Lang, Marcus Carr, Reeves Eddins. Thanks to Mark and Jay at Vocal Media. And of course, our showrunner, Tony Fay. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>